me um, to look at a scripture that he's going to share to see what I thought about it. So I didn't know if you wanted me to go before or after. It was different than what I had planned. So you'll get, you'll get the middle end and beginning, middle and end from your beginning. And then he's going to tie it all together <laughs> probably. But he's talking, going to talk about fishers of men and ask me to look in Ezekiel at these scriptures. So I did. And, um, it, of course, it took me to another place. And um, anyway, what I gathered from it, you know, before I've talked about us being trees of righteousness, how we're a tree and then the bird and all those things flying into the tree and finding rest and how we're trees and we can be trees of righteousness to other people and give them rest, give them a word and give them things that will help them in their season of their life. And so in Ezekiel where it was talking about um, the water, flowing from the temple when he took him and it was ankle then knee then waist deep and then you know I went to Mark and where it, he's healing the blind man at the pool of Bethesda and he spit and he put it on his eyes and he said what do you see and he said I see men walking as trees and so I think that that's symbolic of us as, because that was healing and so where he's going to go with that is there's trees of righteousness in, in Revelation I've got all this stuff and I can't, and you, and you want to be, and I, it's hard to put it together, but if you just follow me. And so in the book of Revelation, we're, we're that city where there is a tree that healing waters flow with healing balms for the nations, okay? And so I feel that that's what Holy Spirit was saying is that you are swimming in a pool of righteousness, of healing in, for, for people of, in the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can imagine in your mind, I felt like the, the blind man just was imagining in his mind where he was seeing us as trees and other people as trees of righteousness for healing. And then he opened and he saw clearly. And, and as we're walking in revelation, you know, we just get that little revelation where when they're ankle and then we walk more with him and then it's knee and then it's, and then we're just, we can't walk. We're just swimming in revelation of Holy Spirit. And our imagination is what's helping us heal with our body. So if you close your eyes, not that you're blind, but, you know, when you close your eyes, you can't see. But when you open them inside, you can see what you want to see. And what you see, what you want to see is healing. And you see the things that you, that you have, what he's already paid for, what he's already right. giving. And, and every month, there was different fruit bearing on the tree for different healing. So every season of your life, there's a different healing. There's a different thing for you. So it's not just one time. It's all the time, and it's constantly flowing. And what we give out isn't salty words. It's contrasting. We give out healing words of life. And so that's, that's his life coming out of us. So anyway, that's just what it was coming together as I was talking. But anyway, I hope that you understand that you are a tree and that birds can still come in and rest in your branches and get healing and that you can speak to someone and give them healing and that they will get continuous revelation as you get revelation. And um, Holy Spirit will help us with that. So anyway, anyway, you're, you can pull it all together now. Thank you, praise team and band and technical folks for helping us this morning. As people are watching from all over the place, we welcome them from Oklahoma and Tennessee and various places around the Kanawha Valley, and I believe there's even some watching from India this morning, if I'm looking correctly at our um, Facebook feed. So we welcome you, and we thank you uh, for coming uh, and joining us here in person this morning. So what Lisa was sharing from, if you have your Bibles, was Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, so you can use your smart devices and your uh, written copies of the scripture. 
their Bibles this morning and turn with me to Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, uh, as we begin to uh, release a message on fishers of men. I don't believe, if I can remember, I looked through, I believe that I have a copy uh, of my notes from every sermon that I've ever preached all the way back to 1999. So over 22 years that the Lord has been allowing me to share good news. Now, the way that it has been delivered <laughs> has drastically changed over the years. And like Bishop Jamie Englehart said, if uh, you should have caught me when I was 20-something and I knew everything if you wanted an answer to your questions. <laughs> but the more I begin to know and have revealed to me, the more I realize I didn't know much. Uh, it was just incomplete. And not that it's complete now, but the picture is a lot brighter and the dots are connecting. And so we hope to release things to you that will help the dots connect for you. But I don't believe that I've ever preached on fishers of men. I've heard many sermons from an evangelistic standpoint uh, about becoming fishers of men. And I'm not here to... Um, embarrass anyone and he's preaching somewhere else this morning so it won't embarrass him and it's not that he was wrong but my dad used to use an analogy that if you'll stock the pond I'll go fishing that's not biblical and I'm not here he preached from the revelation that he had and yes if there are lost people in the building hopefully we can't cast a net that will pull them in, but if you stock the pond and you don't become a fisher of men, that's unbiblical. It's biblical. It's not Christ-like because he has made us fishers of men and we work together. And so I believe from uh, what you will hear this morning that you will see how we need to work together as fishers of men. So let's start with a prophecy uh, that is given in Ezekiel, the 47th chapter. If you would read verses 1 through 8, you would see that Ezekiel sees a vision and he uh, is brought back to the door of the temple and there's a river flowing out from underneath the door of the temple and uh, the angel that is showing him uh, this vision and taking him on a guided tour begins to measure out different measurements and from the north and the east and you'll need to read it to find out what it's talking about and then as Lisa mentioned we he brought him ankle deep, he brought him knee deep, he brought him waist deep, and then chest deep. And that's symbolic, I believe, of what she said, that the Holy Spirit will take us in deeper revelation. It's a progressive revelation. And so what I may have thought about uh, the, the fishers of men and how God has called us through Jesus to become fishers of men, that revelation that I've received was ankle deep, and then he brought me knee deep, and now I'm in over my head with it. And that's a good place to be. But especially, did I say that right? Especially, verses 8 through 10, if you'll look at that with me from Ezekiel 47. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. Isn't it interesting that it says that everything that is living will live? I believe that's very important. Because there's a lot of people that are living that aren't alive. 
Did you hear it? There will be a great multitude of fish. Underline that in your Bible or highlight it. So wherever this river moves, the living things will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because there, these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Verse 10. And it shall be the fishermen, underline that word fishermen, who will stand by it from Engedi to Enaglam. That's uh, two different regions along the Sea of the Dead Sea uh, area. Well, I've been to Engedi. Uh, it's a desert place. Notice that the river is flowing into the desert place and the living things will live wherever the river goes. And these fishermen, will, there will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. Now, I, I believe, I have heard when I was in Israel, this scripture brought uh, by the guide as we we're on the bus, and they believe that this will literally take place. And the, the prophecy here is that from the Mediterranean Sea all the way to the Dead Sea, that it, there will be a river that flows. And then the dead things that are in the Dead Sea will be brought to life. And the salt of the Dead Sea will be turned to fresh water. Now, a lot of individuals who have Americanized or brought Western culture theology to this scripture begin to tell you that this is about end times. I disagree. However, maybe I don't disagree. I just think that the end they have is in the wrong place. The end of this scripture has already been fulfilled, but what I want to look at allegorically and prophetically is that when Jesus came, help me somebody, that there was... He said he came to his own, and his own received him not. That opened up the door for the gospel to be brought to a very great multitude of fish. Can you hear me? So what Ezekiel is prophetically saying to us is that there are more than just Jews, that there was going to be a vast variety of fish, and then there would be fishermen who would stand in places where they could spread their nets and that they could have a great catch from this great sea. I will refer to this great sea as the ocean of humanity. And as these fishermen cast their nets into the great sea, there's exceedingly many fish and there are places for us to spread their nets. Now let's fast forward and jump all the way over to the New Testament where seven of the twelve men that Jesus handpicks as disciples to follow him are fishermen. Not a coincidence. I hope that you can see the tie here, that you can bring prophetically what Ezekiel says into the time of Jesus. He says, Ezekiel sees that there are going to be fishermen. And yes, it may be that there was in a time that physically there were fishermen that would fish. They would catch great fish. We're going to see here that there are seven of the twelve who had, this was not a hobby. 
I don't know any anglers personally that are professional fishermen that make a living doing it. I know there are because I eat salmon and uh, so I know that they're, and I love shrimp, and so I know people go out and they do it for a living, but there's no one in this building that would understand what it means to fish other than for a hobby. But seven of the twelve men that Jesus finds as he walks the shores of Galilee and handpicks to bring into his group, and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, were already fishermen. So he uses, here's some of the things that uh, are characteristics of the fishermen that Jesus picked. They fished naked. Now, not bare naked. They had a, what we would probably consider uh, whitey tighties on underwear. But they fished in the shore, on the shoreline in the shallow waters. Um, and I'll tell you in just a second the two types of fishing that took place. But when Jesus is walking on the shores, Simon Peter and his brother and James and John, four of them fishing together, they had a business together. If the scripture is accurate, and I believe it is, they had taken over their family business, which had been, for generations, they had been fishermen. This is how they made a living. And so they're out on the shores of Galilee, and they are working hard at catching fish, the, these men had to be strong because these nets had to be pulled in, and if they were full, it took physical strength to pull them in. They were full of courage because when they were on the boats, we know from the stories, uh, even of Mark the fourth chapter, that storms would arise on the Sea of Galilee, so it took courage for them to be out on the seas fishing in all types of weather, and they were dedicated. I believe, this is just me, as I look at that and I look at, Jesus didn't pick them because of those qualifications. But he, there was something symbolic, there was something special that these guys were fishermen and Jesus would take them and turn the fishermen into fishers of men. Now, I, I'm not much of a fisherman. Uh, Glenn Robinson was one of the men that helped my dad uh, launch the church that he started uh, over 46 years ago, great man, and he would take my brother and I fishing when we were little. We would go to this little pond over here uh, out on Route 60. Uh, you have to pay for it now, but back in those days it was free and it was catch and release. And I, I didn't care for it much, number one, because I didn't have any patience. And number two, you had to grab a worm or a nightcrawler or some chicken liver or something and put it on a, a hook. And then I would end up sticking my finger with the hook and then... I would cast it, and I wasn't very good at casting that, that rod, and most of the time the bait would fall off of the hook before I got it into the water, and I just didn't like fishing. But that was what you call pole fishing. Uh, pole fishing, and this is how pole fishing works. It involves catching one fish at a time, and whatever bait and lure you are using is what kind of fish you will catch. Can I tell you what type of fishing the American church has done for centuries now? The type of fishing that we have done in the American church, the westernized gospel, is we have done pole fishing. And what we've done is we've cast bait and we'll say, we want white fish. Oh, oh, oh we just want some black fish. Somebody help me. 
Or we want some Latino fish, or we cast the bait for the Latino fish. But we're... Hmm. But if you will fish like Jesus taught these men to fish, and he used what they were doing in their physical, in the physical, in the natural realm, they were using nets to catch fish. And so if you will take the net of the love of God and the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, and you will cast it into the sea of humanity, you will pull up a vast variety of fish at white time, red and yellow, black and white, they are still precious in his sight. But I'll go further, there'll be Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians, there'll be gays and straights, there'll be transgenders, there'll be hippies and punks, and there'll be bikers and all types of people that will come in. But we don't want that in the American church, we want one type of fish, so we've been taught and we've trained people in evangelistic techniques, and yes, we'll stand in pulpits and declare we want everybody. They're all welcome. And then we'll put somebody at the front door that'll tell them, that you can't wear that t-shirt in here. Oh, you need to cut your hair. There's a problem with this because it's bringing um, division is what's happening. Uh, and so if, you know, I don't get political and I, I don't think this is even political, but I'm tired of division. And the division that's coming is mask and no mask, the vaccination, no vaccination. And I made a post yesterday. Okay. So I want to read it to you. And I want you to listen to it. And in the mindset of net fishing and not pole fishing, matter of fact, just leave your pole at home. In the climate of an oppressive, militant, and violent Roman government, Jesus did not have a political, medical, social, or any other agenda than the kingdom of God and the will of the Father. He had no other agenda. There was no agenda to prove anyone wrong or prove another group right. There was no agenda to discredit one who made a decision to... Uh, follow Roman law and give taxes or the one that rebelled against it. He had no agenda one way or the other. His only agenda was the kingdom of God and fulfilling the will of the Father. Then in staying focused and single-minded, he accomplished the work our Father had sent him to accomplish. And in doing so then, he did impact all of those arenas of political, social, medical, and any other arena of his life. But you have to see that that was not his focus. That was not his agenda. That was not his assignment. The kingdom of God, he brought the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. And he said, if you will repent, if you'll change your mind, he's talking to a lot of Jews who have done things the same way for 1,500 years, and now he's coming to tell them that you need to change your mind about that because the law and the prophets will not usher in this kingdom. And so it's not what you do and how you do it and what you touch and what you don't touch or what you eat and you don't eat. It is calling heaven to earth, operating in the kingdom, and doing the will of the Father. So our mandate is not from a political, social, medical, or otherwise agenda. And it's quiet in the house. Our mandate is to call heaven to earth and operate in the kingdom of God. Listen, we cannot be the vehicle 
that moves the world in the right direction if we're divided, distracted, and determined to push any other agenda than the kingdom of God. You're pole fishing. If you have any other focus, any other agenda, we're pole fishing. So don't lose focus. Don't be distracted. Follow the mandate of the king and the kingdom. And in doing so, you also will impact governmental issues, political realms, medical situations, society in general. But you will not affect, I will not affect and impact the way that I could and should as a kingdom fisherman if I have any other agenda than the kingdom of God and the will of the Father. My focus, my attention, and my perspective are heavenly. And therefore, I do not see that this is the beginning of the end. Many people are crying that this is the end. They've been doing it for 2,000 plus years. I do not have a perspective that this is the beginning of the end. I will continue to help remove fear from anyone that would think that this is the end. If you send me documentation, videos, or any other type of media that would try to push me into a round peg backwards, pull me through a knothole backwards, I'm going to delete it and not pay attention to it. And that's not being mean. I just don't have the perspective that this is the end. I have an outlook and I see the bright future for the children of God and the kingdom because it is unshakable, it is on His shoulders, and it is everlasting. It's ever increasing. So, if I get a doom and gloom perspective and I am continuing to pole fish, I will always be frustrated. I will always feel unfruitful. But see, I believe that this is the greatest time to ever live because there are many fish that are in the sea that are alive but not living. And if we as kingdom people with a kingdom agenda, with the will of the Father in focus, can cast a net into the ocean of humanity, we will scoop up all types of people that in this day and time need the news that we have to give them. We must look now at the time period that, uh, of the, and the history of fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Because this is where Jesus is calling these men from, these disciples. And the context of Jesus calling these fishermen and how it relates to how we... Can, can, this is practical to us. How can we apply this to 2021? So there were two methods that were used by fishermen. And remember, both of these methods are net fishing. They are not pole fishing. Okay, And so the first one was casting nets. And the other one was drag nets. So a casting net, as I researched a little bit yesterday, took two boats. And they would have uh, the net on one boat, but it would have rope attached to the other boat. And so they would take the uh, net and cast it from the one boat. 
and then it would be tied off on the other boat, giving type of, of like a horseshoe semicircle type of net catching. And then the boats would sail and they would catch the fish in that net that they had cast. So this was more of a offshore deep fishing. You can see this in the Gospels when they said, Master, we've fished all night and we've caught no fish. And he says, cast your nets to the other side. Okay, so that's out in the waters, that's casting nets. Well, there was a second type of net, and it was called a drag net, and it also involved uh, a ship but, or a boat, but most of what took place was the men would drag the net out to one side, it would be attached to a boat, and the boat would go out in a semicircular and come back to the shore, and it was a drag net, and there were weights on the net, and it would fall to the bottom, with the, the floaters or the buoys on the top so the whole net didn't sink. And then they would uh, wait, and then they would physically pull the net in to the shore, which was where the hard work, the manual labor took place. Why did you tell me that? Because in Matthew's gospel, the 13th chapter, verse 47, remember I told you that we have a kingdom agenda. And then Jesus himself says that the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. I told you there's casting nets and there's dragnets. The dragnet sinks all the way to the bottom, which tells me that Jesus sees value even in those that think that they're at the bottom. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet that will sink all the way to the bottom of the ocean of humanity and will scoop up everyone, even those that don't feel like they have any worth or value. But the kingdom says you do have value. The kingdom says you are worth something. And so as Jesus, if we follow him, he, he told the disciples, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. What he was saying is, I want you to go after everyone. And I want you to share with them the message of my love and my goodness. If there's any bait, and I don't see bait used in net fishing. I just, I mean, you, you, the fish really don't have a choice. They're scooped up in the net, and they're part of the kingdom now. <laughs> it's, you know, you can say, well, you ought to use bait. No, it's just a net of love that catches everybody. If we'll throw out the net of God's love and let it drag the bottom of the ocean of the hurting humanity that's out there, it will scoop them all up. The story concerns fishermen using a dragnet. But I'm afraid instead of casting the nets, the churches begin to cast stones. I know I'm, I'm not condemning i'm just making an observation and i'm here to help us that we need to get out of the habit of casting stones and start casting nets see casting stones would cause us to be judgmental and to look down our nose at someone else that may not look like us talk like us act like us smell like us speak the same language we speak have the same color of skin that we have and then we become pole fishers with using a bait that will only attract the same kind of fish that we are, but we're in the kingdom, and the kingdom is a drag net business. Wow. I've been all over the place on the notes back there. I'm sorry, but that's just how God's working. Go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. So in Matthew, the third chapter, 
Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And as he comes up out of the water, we know the story. The heavens are rent. The voice from heaven from the Father speaks, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The dove, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, descends upon him and never leaves him. From that point forward, the Spirit of God is always on him and in him. Symbolic of the Holy Spirit on you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's in you. He lives and moves and has his being in you as well as you move and live and have your being in him. And so the Spirit of God leads him in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, um, his identity is attacked. Everything about what the enemy, the adversary, um, try, it, he becomes antichrist. He says Satan comes to him. Everything that he does to him is, is try to convince him that he's not the Christ. So if, it's, if he's trying to convince him he's not the Christ, then it's the antichrist. He's against Jesus being who he really is. But Jesus whips the devil in the wilderness. And I believe he whips him in the wilderness so you and I don't have to live in the wilderness. It took the children of Israel 40 years. It only took Jesus 40 days. Why are you telling me this? Because on the backdrop of Jesus coming out of the wilderness... He begins to call these men. Stay with me. He sees them and he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now I'm going to jump over to Luke, the fifth chapter, to show you how this took place. They're in, they're in a boat. Jesus is teaching. They cast off from shore. They go a little bit deeper. You know the story, they catch a great fish, catch a fish, they have to call other boats in to help them. Simon Peter and the rest of the boys say, oh my goodness, this is the Messiah, I'm a sinful man, depart from me. And Jesus says in Luke, the fifth chapter, verse number 10, Simon, do not be afraid, for now you will fish for men. When they came to land with their boats, they left everything and followed Jesus. In the mirror translation, did I put that on there? Let's look at it in the mirror. So let me read that same scripture from the mirror. Then Jesus said to Simon, you have nothing to fear. From now on, you'll likewise be netting people alive. What do we talk about from Ezekiel? Living things that are alive. The word here is zogria. It's from two Greek words, zoe meaning life and agra meaning to catch. So the definition of zogreo is to be netting people alive so they can discover zoe. The God kind of life, quality and quantity. Again, reaching out with the net of the gospel to keep to catch people who are alive so that they can do, discover that they're not really living. Casting nets is all about grabbing people out of the sea of humanity that are hurting and aren't really living and enjoying life so that they can discover the God kind of life. That they can have a quality of life here on the planet 
and then experience the quantity of everlasting life when they breathe their last breath here. I'm thankful for eternal life. Can you say amen? amen? And whosoever believeth on him shall have everlasting life. But everlasting life doesn't begin when you die. Everlasting life begins the moment that you believed. Whosoever believes shall have everlasting or eternal life. Your afterlife has been secured. But many people are in the sea of humanity and they are hurting and they are not enjoying life. I see it on their faces. I hear it in their voices. I can observe it in their Facebook posts. I know when people are hurting and they're not really enjoying life. Yeah. Can I tell you something? If your focus and your agenda is on anything other than the kingdom of God and the will of the Father, you're not enjoying life. And so I'm throwing a net out today. We're working together as fishers of men to throw the net of God's love into that sea and to pick up from the very bottom. Everyone is hurting so that you can discover that you can really enjoy life. That's what it means to be fishers of men. Now I've heard and I'm one time believed and I don't disagree that it is to catch the lost and what we would most in the American culture again would call that they are unbelievers or they're lost without Christ but I believe that all are the children of God that's my opinion that everyone is the children of God and some of the sons know it and a lot of them don't and so when we throw that net out, it's to help those who don't know that they're sons to come to real life in Christ so that they can enjoy the abundant life here and now. How many of you want to enjoy heaven on the way to heaven? I sure do. I want, I'm enjoying everyday life as Joyce Myers tell, says it. I believe that you really can. And we just came out of a series on talking about how to weather the storm. So I'm not denying reality and telling you that it would be a bed of roses and you'll never have another problem. That you'll never have to work so that you'll, all of your financial needs are taken care of. That's not what I'm saying at all. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. But I do believe that we have a kingdom assignment to cast out the net to help, to help hurting humanity realize that they can really enjoy life here on the planet. Mm. We've got to stop killing the fish before we catch them. See, pole fishing, a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever seen any fishing shows, but I watched one video yesterday, and I didn't understand it, but this guy caught a fish, and when he caught the fish, it got in the boat, and when the, it was flopping around in the boat, so he smacked it on the head with a club. Do you know, instantly, I said, that's what most preaching does in America. They get you in the boat, then they slap you upside of the head to keep you under control. <laughs> and please again I'm not condemning I'm just saying that we've got to refocus we have got to allow Holy Spirit to begin to give more completeness to the message we have been so distracted and divided and we have churches with all types of names on them that only want to reach one kind of people and they exclude the masses just by the name that's on the outside of the building. Help us, Jesus, because our assignment, my assignment as pastor of Grace Life is not to handicap you by having you stock the pond. 
my uh, assignment is to release you to grab a hold of the net that we are casting out from the kingdom of God and become a part of the team that is helping see people realize that they can really enjoy life because they are children of God. The first step in allowing Jesus to make you a fisher of men is found in verse 11 of Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke 5, verse 11, I'm going to share from the mirror translation again. Remember, they came to the shore with their boats. They left everything and followed Jesus. Verse 11 says, they departed from everything that defined them before and followed him. The first step in allowing Jesus to make you a fishers of men is you have to leave what you've always called yourself and how you've always seen yourself and what you've allowed to define you for years, you have to leave it behind. See, we've, we've made statements like, unless you're willing to leave father and mother and forsake all and follow him, you're not fit to be in the kingdom of God. And it's used out of context and it's used to condemn what the real meaning in the Greek, the picture that the Greek language shares with us is that they departed what defined them before. What defined them before? Their agenda of making money to provide for their family and their trade as fishermen to become fishers of men. They left what had defined them, all of the, the, the problems that had came along with that, all of what the law said about them uh, because they were fishermen and they touched dead things. So everything that had defined them, they left that behind to follow Jesus and he's... The, the automatic response in following Jesus is he makes you fishers of men. Follow and you become. Not follow and then work and as you work, I'll make you if you do this. Follow me. Who's doing the making? I will make you fishers of men. But for so long we've put the work on people to do things that then if they fulfill those tasks and those performances, then they might be fit to be called a fisherman of men. But Jesus said, if you follow, I'll make you. Follow Jesus. Come on up, guys. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, and 29 in the Message Bible. Walk with him. Work with him. Watch how he does it. Can I share with you this next phrase from Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 in the Message Bible? Keep company with him. I don't know, but when I was growing up, if somebody came to the house, we said, company's coming. Uh, did you, don't any of you all know what that's like? That company is coming. But Jesus wants us to keep company with him 24-7 all the time. He never leaves. He's longing for us to keep company with him. Because when we do, we'll learn how to catch men. And they'll be alive. There's a difference between fishing and hunting. And I've heard the old adages in the church. I'm going to load up the gospel gun with Ten cans and penny nails, and I'm going to go hunting. Hound dogs of heaven are going to tree those lost people, and we're going to hunt them down. No wonder nobody wants anything to do with the church. You're going to kill them. 
the dogs are barking after them and they're going to be treed and no, they're fish. And they're hurting. They're not enjoying life. I believe there's fish in the pews of many churches today. And unfortunately, in a lot of places, they will feel like when they leave that they've been clubbed upside of the head like that fisherman did that fish in the boat. And that's for one reason, it's control. But I want us at Grace Life, as we focus on the kingdom assignment of using a dragnet to reach the bottom dwellers, to reach fish of every kind and tribe and social economical background and sexual orientation, even those struggling with their gender. If the church cannot allow and receive those that are struggling with their gender into the doors of their churches and we neglect them and reject them and condemn them when we meet them in the streets, we're pole fishing. We got to leave our poles at home. We got to grab a hold of the net, which is nothing more than the love of God and the gospel, the good news that drags in everybody. <laughs> into the kingdom of God so that they can learn the unforced rhythms of grace and that they can begin to really enjoy life. Uh, you know, I know Joel Osteen gets a bad rap a lot of times because they call him the smiley preacher and he just preaches, uh, you know, mush and goo and it's all good. And yeah, I, I'm not, I don't have anything bad to share with you. I can tell you that there's consequences to decisions you make, but most of us by this point in our lives have already learned that. That there's, there are consequences to every decision that I make. If not, there's either a chemical dependency or a chemical imbalance that's causing us not to know how to make right choices. But I want to continue to remind you that you can enjoy life. I want to tell everyone that's watching out there, I want you to be able to receive and take with you outside of the four walls of this church to everyone you come in contact with, you can enjoy life. You, you can really have an abundant life and you can be uh, prosperous. And the word prosperous means having more than you need for the journey. And that's what God does for his children. He always gives us more than enough, enough for the journey. So I hope that we've been able to communicate an understanding that connected some dots. Um, please forgive me if it came across as condemning. I'm not trying to condemn, but I am passionate uh, about helping people see um, that they can change their mind about the way God thinks about them and that they can enjoy life. I have seen um, many who even come from other churches to talk to Lisa and I because they feel that there is a safe, non-judgmental approach that they can share the, their deepest, darkest secrets and not be condemned. Um, there's some correction that has to be given sometimes, um, but correction is not punishment. And we have to stop taking correction as punishment. It's just to help us stay focused, stay on course, keep the kingdom agenda in front of us, and keep casting out that, that net. Amen.
Would you stand with me this morning as we get ready to close out this service? As we've shared before, there, there are surface truths that can be presented and there are deeper truths. There is ankle deep, there is knee deep, there is waist deep, and there is chest deep, and I believe you can get in over your head, which is a good place to do, to be. But I, I do believe that a surface truth and being fishers of men is, evangel, is ev, evangelistic. I've got right-wing conservative evangelicals on my mind, and it's, we can be evangelistic. Our techniques have to change sometimes. Our methods need to change, and we need to go net fishing. But I think that that's just a surface reality to this scripture. I believe, as pointed out from the mirror, that there is a deeper revelation that we are catching people that are alive, and they're hurting. They've got all types of situations. I mean, Jennifer opened up the uh, prayer garden for Grace Life, and it is inundated on a daily basis with the needs of people. If you're a part of that group, don't just read them and click like and put the prayer hands up. Vocalize a prayer. Speak life into that situation. People are hurting. We're casting the net to pull them in. And we want to help them realize that they can enjoy life. I'm, I know there's pain. I mean, Mary's 26 years old. She's been in bed for almost two months, tailbone protruding out of her back and causing excruciating pain. That's not fair. That's not the way life should be. But she's still enjoying life. She's got a great attitude. She knows that this is temporary. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have burdens and problems and battles and situations. Somebody has already laid some money on the altar. If you want to help uh, one of our couples in our church who has been evicted from their home and needs a home in the next 30 days, we're going to do everything we can to get them in a, in a good place. And um, so they're not here this morning, and uh, so they won't, it won't embarrass them. And you don't know who it is, and we don't have to know who it is. Um, but they sent a message to Pastor Jen and said to pray for them because they've been evicted and they have to find a place. And I believe that uh, the hand of God, he didn't kick them out of their home, but he's going to use it to get them a better place than what they were living in. I really do. I believe he's going to get them a better place than where they've been living. And so we're going to try to help them do that. What is that? That's casting a net to help people understand that they can enjoy life because they've got brothers and sisters around them that will love on them and help them. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together and let's just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do and speak to you in the last minutes of this service. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just begin to pray in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in this time where He wants us to go, what He wants to do.